hell was that thing? That is Shockwave. The sound of a film. Uh, it's one of my favorite things. My favorite parts of being a filmmaker is designing the way a world sounds. Designing what that creature sounds like. Uh, trying to further push an emotional cue with music. Anytime I'm editing my stuff, uh, it never really feels like a movie until we start laying down sound design. And a lot of you listening to the show don't work in the, in the movie industry, and uh, blissfully so. And I, I'm happy that you don't know all of the secrets and tricks. Like, you don't want to go to a magic show and realize that he didn't materialize a rabbit out of nowhere. <laughs> but there is a great appreciation for sound, and I think it's such an important thing for us to look at these days, uh, especially when it comes to the argument between television and cinema and uh, a lot of the focus for movies a lot of the sexy attention that movies get go to the way they look go to how great the image quality is what resolution did you shoot that film on what camera did you use uh, how did you light it and i think a big reason for this is that a huge part of the consumer marketplace is televisions and the companies that sell tvs and the constant uprising of resolution to sell you new tvs and this is just the cynical michael hitting you early on in the episode but i think that's a big piece of it same thing with phones and your iphones and the resolution on your iphones and the screen uh real estate that you get with these things and if you've noticed, how big is the speaker on your iPhone? Where is the speaker located on your television? No one really thinks about that. And yes, I know there are those of you out there that are like, hey, asshole, I spent all sorts of money on a 5.1 system and I watch my movies in my own little theater space with my 5.1 system. And I would defend myself by saying, you're a huge nerd and i love you for it but most people don't do that most people don't go spend money on speakers and sound system stuff right and yes with companies like bose and a lot of these other places that make great sound bars they are improving the experience but when if you ever had the opportunity to sit in a mixing studio or hang out with a sound effects designer and listen to those noises in their conception coming out of great systems great uh, speakers it would blow you away absolutely blow you away and i think the benefit for me this is why i go see movies in the theater it's because of the sound the sound quality and i know some folks live in towns that don't have amazing movie theaters I just convinced my dad, I think I talked about it in a prior episode, I convinced my dad to go see a movie, go see Dune, and I'm like, the fucking sound, it is all about the sound, and he went and saw a really terrible mix where he couldn't hear the dialogue. <laughs> so I know that that can be an issue, but if you live close to a major city that has great movie theaters, out here in Los Angeles, you have no excuse not to go to the movies because the movie theaters out here are phenomenal. The movie theaters in New York City are fucking phenomenal. There are great movie theaters in Austin. There are great movie theaters all over the place. 
uh, go listen to those movies. And if you notice, it isn't just seeing a film with an audience that changes it. It's swimming, living in the way that world sounds. Think about your favorite sounding scenes. Do you have any? Here's one for me. Let's see if you guys recognize this scene. If you guessed Michael Mann, if you guessed Al Pacino, Robert De Niro, and Val Kilmer, then you guessed correctly, Heat. One of the most immersive sounding gunfight sequences in cinema. One of the scenes that influences every action movie after that. Every action movie's like that fucking gunfight scene in Heat. They shot real blanks, real guns down in downtown Los Angeles. A lot of that echoing and stuff was inspired by the way those sounds were bouncing off of those buildings in downtown Los Angeles. They made that, recreated that in post. I love that. Such a cool sequence. Here's another one. can't go wrong with the T-Rex sequence in Jurassic Park. And it would blow your mind to pull apart just that roar sound and realize the amount of layers, the strange and complex sounds that they combine to make this noise that we all know as a dinosaur roar. No one knows what the fuck a dinosaur sounds like. No one was alive at that point. I mean, it could open its mouth and chirp like a fucking, you know, a blue jay. You don't know what it sounds like. These guys emotionally created this noise that comes out of that T-Rex. The low end stirs a certain emotion from you. The high end stirs a sense of fear out of you. It's incredibly meticulously crafted. And there are people that do this and it is such a wonderful career such a wonderful job i love it it's my favorite place to go hang out is when i have sound stuff happening and so today's show i wanted to get somebody on that not only does great sound design but is bringing awareness to the craft bringing awareness and showing us as the viewer how much fucking fun 
it is to make this thing, but also showing us as producers and as filmmakers how much time and energy goes into the simplest moment in a film. Most movies, most clips, when a sound, uh, sound designer gets them, they're empty. Location audio is often used as a guide track. And most of the time in action sequences, you can't use it at all because there's a fan blowing, there's uh, explosions going off, there's an effects guy screaming in the background. You can't use any of that. Half the time, you can't even use the dialogue. You have to go through the ADR process. So can you imagine, and I've been here, you get that clip, you stare at it, you can't use any of the audio, and you go, okay, I gotta build everything. What do the trees sound like? What do the footsteps sound like? What is the background? What am I hearing? Do I hear their breath? Do I hear their clothes? And then you ask yourself the emotional questions. What are the most important things to hear here? And if I only hear the water in the background, what does this say about what the character is feeling right now? Cool, right? Talk about a cool fucking hole to fall down into. Talk about a creative hole to fall down into. I love it. And oftentimes when people look at this stuff, they go, it's incredibly technical. I'm not a technical person. I don't understand decibels. I don't understand all this stuff. I didn't go to school for this stuff. Well, the thing about today's guest is he didn't either. He taught himself how to do all of these things by watching YouTube videos, by studying tutorials, one step at a time, taught himself each and every angle on how to become a sound designer, and he shares it with everybody. I'm often asked what I do. To be honest, I don't really know what to say. I can say I make music, but then I will have to dive into all these detailed explanations describing my universe as a need to justify myself. But in reality, the answer is quite simple. I create emotions. Ben Jackie is on the show today. Uh, if you don't know him, you got to follow him. I have put the link for his website in the description of today's episode. I also put the link for his Instagram. Go to his Instagram account. He has 85,000 followers that love his stuff. And this is a guy who doesn't live in a major city. He doesn't uh, work in Los Angeles. He doesn't work in a place where uh, folks are doing this. He's out on his own in the wilderness, communicating through Discord, communicating through Instagram, talking to folks, meeting his clients online. It is a fascinating conversation, and I'm so happy that you guys are here to have it with me. Welcome to the brand new episode of In Love With The Process. I am your host, Mike Petchy. What is happening? What is going on? I want to take a minute and thank everybody for following me on Instagram and following the podcast at In Love With The Process Pod. That's In Love With The Process P-O-D on Instagram. Um, it is because of Instagram. I love and hate that fucking platform. Do you guys agree? I hate the, the fact that it's such a time suck. I hate that it feels like, I assume it feels like what it felt like to pick up a pack of cigarettes for a lot of people, you know, to get on this thing. But everybody's using it. And so it is such a great way for me to reach out and talk to folks that are doing really creative stuff. It is such a great way for you 
to find people and to be inspired by people and to follow people and to share their stories with your friends. And please, if you like the show, share it. Share it to two or three different friends. Do you know some folks that want to be sound designers? They want to listen to today's episode. So send the episode to them. Our numbers for the uh, podcast have been doing fantastic. And it's because of fans like you. So thank you so much. All right, without further ado, let's get into it. Uh, Ben and I have a lot to talk about. uh, And strap yourselves in. Make sure you got on those noise-canceling headphones. Crank them up. Do not listen to this show just on your phone. At least pair your headphones to that. Noise-canceling headphones up full blast. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the brand new conversation on the brand new episode of In Love With The Process. Thanks for joining us on the show, man. How are you? Hi, I'm very good. Thank you. It's a real pleasure to be here. Thank you for having me. Yeah, well, thank you for staying up so late <laughs> to be on the show. <laughs> uh, you know, sometimes it's, it's the, the time I start working. You know, 9 p.m. is not even that late when you're a creator. You work a lot most of the time during the night. <laughs> it's very true. It's very true. It took me years 
uh, to finally get my computer out of my bedroom when I was younger. And I'm like, I need to do this because otherwise I am never going to go to sleep. <laughs> yeah, it's probably something we'll we'll be talking about because it's exactly the kind of problem I have right now. And that's what the re- one of the reasons I'm, I'm moving out and getting a separate place, a home and then a studio because at the moment I'm working, my studio is actually my home. So I need to separate those two things. It really helps. Years ago, I, I, I finally did that. And I was always concerned as a younger filmmaker. I was like, I don't know if I can afford the studio. I figured out a way to do it. And it was easy to actually afford a studio eventually. And it just changed everything. You wake up, you get dressed, you have breakfast, you go to work. And it's nice. It's really, yeah. really nice. You, know? you, you actually consider it, consider it like a job not much more like just a passion anymore like, because when I get up, the first thing I see is my chair and my desk. And uh, <laughs> sometimes I just, uh, you know, sometimes I just sit down and I don't even work, but I'm I'm at my workstation, you know, sometimes I'm just going to watch videos or stuff. Yeah. But, but, but it's, yeah, you, you don't have the limit between having your life, your personal life, doing all the stuff and, doing your job like you know like if you're in your studio f- 9 a.m to 6 p.m mm-hmm. you actually have to work because at, at 6 p.m you have to leave the place me being here i know at 6 p.m if i didn't even start working i, I don't care because if i have stuff to do i'm probably gonna start at 11 p.m and i'm gonna finish at 4 a.m I, I don't care because i know i will <laughs> get things done yep i'm never late to deliver my the job, but sometimes I do it. I do it. Yeah, I start at 11 p.m., which is very stupid because I could have done it during the day, and I, I just didn't. Yep. Yep. No, I know, dude. I know. And I, uh, as a director, I've worked with a lot of sound designers that do the same thing. Where I'll talk to them and like, yeah, I'm gonna get to work on this later. I'm like, when are you doing this? Oh, you're doing this overnight? Uh-huh. Oh, dude, come on, like get some sleep. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's tough, man. It really is. It, it, it is. And I think it's that simple. I think it's as simple as relocating yourself out of the place that you live in, and it changes. Every, it changed everything for me. It felt like. I was going to work. I was inspired by people that I saw on the way to work. And we ha- we shared a building with like a casting studio. So there'd be people coming through all the time. It was just, it was nice. I felt like I was in the real world and not locked in my room anymore. You know? Yeah. Yeah. How far was your studio from your home? Not that far, actually. We were lucky. It was probably about 10, 15 minutes. So it wasn't that far of a ride. All right. That's cool. Yeah. How far is yeah, yours? I, I, be? I, uh, well, uh, I'm actually living in the I'm living in the Alps uh, in France mm-hmm. uh, in a ski res- in a ski resort. I literally live in the forest on the slope. <laughs> wow. Um, yeah, uh, I did introduce myself, but I'm also a, a, a snowboard teacher. Also doing winter, uh, I'm teaching snowboard, and snowboarding's been part of my life since I was a kid. Oh, cool! So yeah. I didn't want to leave the place I I grew up. So I I. I but um, two years ago, only I, I I bought a thirty meter square flat, which is small, but you know it's quite expensive in the mountains, especially in ski resort. But I was mm-hmm. so proud of it. But when you work in and you live in, it's pretty tiny. So I just signed up for <laughs> a house, not too far, but. Still gonna have to leave the ski resort I grew up in, um, but it's like twenty minutes drive down there, so it's okay. Uh, but the studio is gonna be part of the house, just just like an entire floor. Nice, 
Very nice, man. So, so yeah, it's just like a 90 meter square studio plus a 180 meter square house on top of it. Nice. Very nice. With, um, yeah, it was with a bit of land for my dog. I love dogs. <laughs> I want to, if, if I, I could have, I'm probably going to have five, six dogs with, with this house. I don't know. <laughs> That's but, cool. But yeah, I, I can't wait because uh, I'm. Uh, I feel like I'm suffocating in thirty meter square, spending spending all day working in the tiny tiny place. It's hard. <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. Well, you know, there are a lot of. Uh, I remember when I was a kid and I saw like a behind the scenes video for Robert Rodriguez, and he had converted his garage to this huge uh, sound studio and sound and special effects studio, and I was so jealous and envious of him. Yeah. Like, Someday, someday I will build a huge garage studio. Even if you just step out of the house that you live in and go to the garage, it changes everything, you know? Yeah, yeah, it's true. Uh, the first studio I had was actually the garage at my parents' um, house. Mm -hmm. They had a, a, a pretty decent house. And, uh, and in the garage, I was able to build a walls and make a proper music studio with a vocal cabin really really nice. well treated and I, it, it was like my spaceship you know my, if all my friends they are coming to my place because it was so nice and so cool it was a <laughs> was kind of like it's something like that you don't really see often around here we're not we don't live in a big city yeah it's uh it's far from everything so you got a music studio in the mountains and everybody wanted to start rapping and singing so i was like the guy that you wanted to hang up with yeah 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 so it was fun so that, that was my first one and then i moved to jersey channel island okay and i i opened um, a big a film and music studio there with a with a friend and that that was a, a decent space with decent different you know a lot of different rooms it was pretty cool for for five years nice yeah nice there's something very magical about uh sound spaces and sound studios and and being in those spaces and all the all like the creative equipment and all the the creative people that come through and then once you get somebody behind a microphone how that changes everything and how you can engineer that to sound differently it's just such a magical spot it's one of my favorite places to go when i'm in post-production on a movie is just go hang yeah. out either with the sound effects guys or hang out with the composers or the mix in the mix house uh because it's just so magical you know it, it is it is it's such i feel like it's such a chance to get to to do it as, as a job because it just became over years my real true passion mm -hmm. um but you have to feel like in another world, you know, the studio I have, I'm going to take the one I have in Jersey, for example. I need to feel like, you know, I belong to this place and it's my place and it's, but, but it's in another world, you know. I'm very particular with the, the decoration and what I'm going to put in a studio, everything that needs to look good, you know. It's, mm -hmm. it, it, can, mm -hmm. it, it can sound stupid because you don't really need it, but I do need it to work properly. I need to feel like it's my place, my spaceships. I like to put the LED lights everywhere to have a <laughs> very nice colors and, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like a, like a music museum. Like in, there's so many um, nice music studio out there and uh yeah it, it's incredible to to get to move to a place like this every day to 
to work in a place like this and uh, you just feel cozy. You just don't want to... I had this problem when I was in Jersey. I didn't want to leave the studio to go back home. That was the problem, actually. <laughs> <laughs> well, it makes sense, man, because at the end of the day, what you're doing as like a, both a composer and a, um, a sound effects person is that you're trying to convey emotion that isn't on the footage. You're trying to create this emotion with with sound. And I think a lot of people neglect sound when they're thinking about making a project because cameras get all of the sexy attention, right? Cameras and visuals yeah. and what did you shoot this with? And then you look at footage, like I do a lot of horror movie stuff. So when I shoot footage and you start to cut it and there's nothing there, you know, you're just like, this isn't fucking scary. Like <laughs> this isn't yeah. good, you know? And it isn't until you start dealing with the sound effects and the sound and it is such a subtle art of really taking uh, hold yeah. of the audience, don't you think? I do think, and uh, you take me on the path that I can talk for hours about it. <laughs> sure, there's a lot of things. That, uh, it's 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 hard. It's hard because uh, you're pointing something that I've been fighting for years now. Um, when you work in the industry, you you realize there are only a few filmmakers that actually understand the importance of uh, sound design mm -hmm. and uh, music. Mm -hmm. um, I'm not talking about the, the big, big industry like the cinema because in, in, in the cinema, they know. Yeah. I'm talking about the like big uh, independent filmmakers that work, for, that work for a big brand, that got big budget, but, and they think they can do it everything themselves. So the music sometimes, the sound design sometimes, but because I don't, they, they don't realize the importance of something that's going to be done properly in terms of sound design. Mm -hmm. uh, but, but it's not that easy and uh, it takes a lot of experience and it is tricky. And uh, the result, like, as you said, like you take a, you take a movie scene without any sound. Mm -hmm. I can make you sound, I can, I can make the viewer feel like it's funny with the sound I'm going to put in, you know, yeah. I can do everything I want with the sound. I can bring any emotions from, from a scene without a sound. You can bring different emotions depend, depending on what you want to do on it. Yeah. Uh, everything's possible for, for me, the music and sound design, it's at least 60% of the importance of a good movie, a documentary, short movie, whatever it is that needs sound. I completely, um, I completely agree with you because I, I say this to to young filmmakers all the time. You can have a crappy looking movie, but you cannot have a crappy sounding movie because if it sounds like shit, everybody's going to hate it. No one's going to want to watch the thing. So sound yeah. is more important than visuals to a certain extent. But I also realized that in the uh, in the opposite way, like when you actually have a very good sound and a very good music, people will go. They're gonna say it's a very good film. Yeah, you know they're they're gonna say it's a very good film. Well, the director did a good job. It looks so cool. But it's really rare to hear someone like out of the theater saying, "I love the music. Or, I love the sound effects." They they they're all gonna be like, "Oh, we love this film." But but when the music is actually not good and the sound is not good, they're gonna notice and they're gonna say that 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 was crap. But I always felt like. When it's good, they don't really notice the work yeah. that's being yeah. like the the music team, the music area from of of a film. 
you know, it, it's kind of, uh, it's lacking a bit of uh, rewarding. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, in my opinion. Well, dude, I, I think it just comes down to, you know, just educating the audience exactly. a bit. And it, I think that, you know, with cinema, with theaters, there's been this big, <clears throat> there was that whole bit right around COVID where the like movie theaters are done. No one's going to go see movies anymore. No one's going to do this anymore. And I kept saying, it's the only place to hear a movie the right way. Because most people are watching films uh, on their fucking flat screen TV with a built-in speaker on it. Or they're watching movies yeah. on their fucking phone. And they're cupping their hand to try to hear it correctly. Yeah. It's like sound should be, and they sell like 3D and they sell all this stuff. I'm like, you guys, and this is something that I'm talking to my producers about on our movie. Let's make it about sound. The reason to go see this in the cinema is because of the sound. You, you don't have a 24 plus speaker set up in your house. You don't have these elements. Um, yeah. it's, it's like going to see a rock and roll, like a concert. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's 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 completely true, and uh, it's uh, it's another hard things about music and stuff like this. Because uh, yes, they don't even watch their film on TV, which the TV is a pretty crap sound anyway. Yeah, uh, they can they can sell the Samsung or whatever kind of TV with like, oh, we got nice stereo sound. It will never be a very good sound. Yeah, um, and. Uh, it's not everybody's got like a 5.1 system at home. Obviously, you you need to be a really like a lover of film and music to get that kind of thing. Uh, but yeah, everybody's watching the their film on on iPad and <laughs> and phone now. Yeah, you know, and I got people checking my work. I got clients checking my work, and uh, and you know, they come back to me. I was like, "Well, oh, so good, so good." I'm like, "Yeah, but did you hear the pan? I the the automation in the in the panning I did at this moment, I was like, oh, uh, yeah, I don't really know what you're talking about, but yeah, it was good. I was like, and I'm like, okay, let me guess. Did you actually check my work on the phone? It's like, oh, yeah, but it sounds good. I was like, yeah, how can you come and talk to my face? And yeah, you check my work on the, on the phone. Yeah. Like, did you put... He- uh, here phone or not even it's like no i got my it's a very good phone <laughs> <laughs> well that's the other thing too that's whenever i'm mixing something uh in a studio you know that when you're in that studio space this is probably the best that it's ever going to sound and then it's yeah. always heartbreaking when you then know okay let me just do a mix down for the phone as well you know what i mean and you're just like ah it's like how do i take yeah this epic meal that I made and cram it into a tiny little cardboard box and hand it to you. Yeah. You know? uh, it's fast. Yeah. That's uh, I'm not, I'm, I'm not uh, like the, a be- the best mixer you you'll find in the market. Uh, there's a lot of guys. It's very technical. It takes a lot of years of experience to be good at, but they will do a job to make sure everybody's happy with the, with their mix in any kind of sis, sound system. That's the yeah. job of the, the, the mastering the, the, at the end of the chain when you do a mastering to make sure it sounds good everywhere. I don't really work that way because I don't do um, that kind of, uh, I don't know if that's the, wor- the right world in English, but that kind of consilience. Okay. I do the mix to make it sound good on my good and very expensive sound system. 
Yeah. Yeah. When I I don't do mix in mono because if I spend hours doing sound design for sound design for me also mean as I said, the panning, the automation of the panning to get the feeling of a distance of, uh, of sides. Um, it's very important to get a very immersive uh, sound design. It's what I've been doing with drone footage. And that's why uh, on Instagram, I got a lot of videos that with a lot of views. It's the, the immersive experience of drone footage with <laughs> autom- automation and things like this. I don't do my mix with the, the aim for it to sound good everywhere. If you hear my music and my, my SFX on the phone, it probably sounds bad. <laughs> yeah. because, because I I, I I give a lot of importance of uh, low frequencies and there's none on phones. So that's yeah. the first thing. Yeah, yeah. And uh, you don't hear any, like the stereo work you, you do on, on a mix is literally absent. So uh, I, I don't work for people that they're not able to hear it on a decent. I'm, I'm not asking for like the massive thing. I'm just at least put a, a great headphones on. If yeah, you plug yeah. your phone onto your headphones, that's easy. At least. Yeah, a lot of people forget that that headphones will will at least get you going into the immersive experience. And yeah, it, that's it's, it. It's got to be a good set too with good low end and all that, but. Um, speaking of your, uh, Instagram, one of the things that I, cause I found you initially on Instagram and one of the things that I loved about what you've done there is you've just made it cool for folks that don't really know much about music, uh, to understand the process for you, to understand how much goes into, uh, just sound designing like a small three second clip. Um, yeah. and I really love the way you re-sound design big movie scenes and you walk through the whole sequence and you show how you record all the different pieces and how you can manipulate sound into sounding like something else. I think it's a great, and for those of you listening, I think you should head over and check out his Instagram now, uh, just because it really invigors. I, what, let me give you a bit of backstory. When I first got my first studio, I shared a studio space with, sound engineers and i'm a visual guy i've always been a director and a cinematographer and so on my downtime i'd spend time with these guys recording things and doing things and so i have such a love for the process of sound making and to the point now when i write scripts i'll actually write sound effects cues in my scripts because i know that's really important for the film and um it was such a fun place like if i wasn't so involved with directing and cinematography, I'd totally jump into sound because it's such a fun world. And your Instagram account does such a great job of showing what a fucking cool job it is to do, you know? Yeah. Well, you, you said it earlier. It's, um, I feel like we, I am on the mission of educating people mm-hmm. because as I said, I was, I started being upset about like, people not understanding the importance of sound design, but they don't even know why it ta- what it takes to, <laughs> to, 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 you know, people don't, they, most of the people, they don't know that when you hear things on screen, like you take the Avengers when they walk 
when the uh, clothes they're moving, when you hear the trees, when you hear a car, when you hear anything in this, it, everything is post production. It has to be done by a sound designer, mm-hmm. most of it, because. I always take this as an example, like you're watching a guy or two or three guys walking in a forest or running in a forest doing a battle scene. Who's, who's filming? Who's, getting, who's doing the lights? <laughs> who's, who's, who's holding the cable and stuff? If you record the thing on that on, on stage, <clears throat> you hear everybody's uh, steps. You hear everything around. It's, it's not... It, 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 don't get this immersive experience. So everything is, has to be redone. So every steps on the ground, the wind, the atmosphere, you have to create that. So yep. people don't understand because they're not curious enough when they watch a film. To, But I'm not blaming them. It's just like they, they're just, they're not curious. Yeah. And uh, I wanted to find a way to show them that everything is uh yeah is redone i want it a uh, short format and i want it to be fun mm-hmm. and i want and also want wanted to show that with any sound you can make you can make uh you can transform any sound to a, another sounds like how do you make a zombie uh kind of gory sounds it's, it's just with veg- vegetables yeah you know the, yeah, yeah people love seeing that things when i do the venom transformation with noodles yeah <laughs> when you look at noodles and you hear noodles it's just noodles but you put the same sound without even making too many transformations you you take this sound you put it on the gore scene or venom transformation scene it, it just work because the brain this is where the human's brain is so magical yeah. The brains make it work. Yeah. 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 No, I love that stuff. Like, um, there was a, a great movie with Scarlett Johansson. I think it was, it was Under the Skin. Did you see Under the Skin? Yeah, I think it, it does ring a bell. Yeah. And so she, they, she was basically like this alien, and there was all these really weird sequences with her and blackness. And they had, <clears throat> they had all of this fluid. And so she was walking through... Uh, like this strange water and everything. And what the sound designers did, which was really cool, was you would normally think, hey, look, all right, so let's get some fluid and we'll record fluid and we'll put the fluid in there. And they went the completely other route with it. And they started to record dry leaves and crunching and all this other stuff. And so that when you watch the piece, it feels so unsettling. It feels so strange when you're seeing it. And you can't quite figure it out unless you've been trained to understand the sound changes with it and it's watching a film like that you really start to understand the power of it and it's as simple as someone having the imagination like you do in the room to sit there and go okay look i know that what this should be is a shield sound but what does a shield sound actually sound like and then what does a superhero shield sound like exactly you Uh, know this is why i'm this is exactly why i'm doing it it's just because it's there's no limits yeah. and uh, it's so fun and you, you have to be creative. And I love challenging myself by, yeah, I just want to try to be as creative as I can and get new ideas and try new things. It's all about trying things and, and yeah, learning new things. Like if, if I get where I am today, it's just by being curious really and, mm-hmm. and just trying. Um, 
I, I love that you got a scene and you have to create the sound of the scene and from scratch and <laughs> you don't have anything that can stop that can stop you of trying uh, as you said like a shield what how do you make a shield sounds like i don't have a shield at home so <laughs> i'm like i'm gonna i need to find an, an items around me that can sounds like it uh does, does it have to be metal maybe but maybe not you know it can can be something else uh it's it's all about layering different sounds i will as well you know you, you cover yeah. what's gonna sound in the low frequencies what's gonna sound in the medium what's gonna sound in the high so am i for a shield i might end up uh it like hitting uh, my wood table and then uh, a pan and then a fork mm -hmm. and just with the three sounds just with a little bit of twist it will sound like a massive shield. you know it's that it's it's pretty cool um when i started i was like how did they do the sounds of uh when i started realizing like the 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 world of sound design i was like wow how did they do a star wars laser saber <laughs> sound uh because they never did with computers they're all organic sounds like they have they it's real sound that actually records from somewhere yeah so i start spending hours searching how they did the jurassic park the sound t-rex sounds and it's amazing like i get an example the, the sound of the t-rex mm -hmm. it's a mix of uh, a whale <laughs> a tree falling down <laughs> And uh, and the third one was a lion, I think. It's all things like this. <laughs> Just record real real world sounds, and you can make them sounds like it's an all new thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I I love it so much, man. And I've seen some of the behind the scenes footage of of them recording audio and going out and getting new sounds of like animals and. And, uh, you know, the, the sound guys that did the uh, Transformers movies, those guys are amazing. Like the, the yeah. fucking sound detail in any of Michael Bay movies, it's just oh, outstanding, the amount of work and layering that goes into that stuff. Um, when you start, when you start a project and you look, so you have just the, the, the clip probably with whatever sound was recorded on set, which is usually trash. <laughs> and and then you have just this empty space. Is it a daunting task for you? Do you how do you usually start? Where do you usually go first? Um, it it depends first what you're hiring me for because um, before being a sound designer, I'm a music composer. So sometimes I get hired to do the music. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I get hired to do the sound design. But most of the time, I get hired to do both. Mm -hmm. So I love to try to, to, to work in the way that the music and the sound design is, they're not too far from each other mm -hmm. in my type of style. So I don't really have rules. Like if there is one thing, if I have one rule is actually like, I don't have rules. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's, <laughs> It's a, it's a tough question because I have so many different examples where I did uh, different things. Um, sometime I'm going to start with the sound design and uh, I'm just going to do a full scene by scene 
sometime I'm going to take the whole project I'm going to do the footstep and then the uh, maybe just the atmosphere the, the room tones you know it's like I like to take it as a like you do a, a painting yep yep you, you start with the background you want the skies to be blue and then you're going to put mountains in the back and then the forest and then the path and then the, the, the guys and the, the campsite and the little details I try to take it that way sometimes with some design try to paint the back first so Mm-hmm. It's like putting the the room tone, the atmosphere. If is it outside? Is it inside? What kind of is it in the sewer? Is it like in an abandoned house? Or you know, it's those room tones. Sometimes you don't hear it a lot, but they're very important to get the right feeling of the scene. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the small wind, the kind of wind you want to hear. Is it a cold wind? Is it a desert wind? It's very, very, very important. So. Let's say most of the time, when in terms of sound design, I work that way. I paint the back and then I go till the tiny details. So if it's a scene where it's outside and the car is is passing, mm-hmm. so yeah, you're gonna you're gonna hear the cars coming through. You're gonna if it's a chunky car, you're gonna put the metals kind of uh, know the the details you need to 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 uh, implement the scene. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's all about the feelings. All about what is the emotion of each scene. So, well, what kind of uh, what kind of direction do you uh, appreciate when you get direction from a director? What do you like to to get for notes or early on direction before you get started? You know, uh, I like to get uh, the deadline and the white card to do whatever I want. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Uh, I yeah, honestly, I, I try to get as less direction that I can. Yep. Uh, I know when when the director is passionate about his movie, it will always tell me too many informations. That's that's a fact. So I try to get what I need from it. I, so sometimes, without even seeing the project. I'm I'm already already gonna say to him, right? I understand this. I understand that. I don't really agree with this. I think you should let me see my way first for this. But but I do understand that. So yeah, it takes a discussion between the director and myself. But um, yeah, I'm no. lucky enough that so far they let me put my touch. You know the the way I like to do things. But I'm not stubborn. If it doesn't work my way, I'm always happy to 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 do as as many changes as I need. And you know, to, to at the end of the day, it's a it's a direct vision. I'm not here to show what I can do. I'm here to make sure the film is as great as it can be. Ladies and gentlemen, it is time to get into our sponsor reads, but we're doing them differently this year. Uh, And specifically for this episode, I'm doing the sponsor reads a lot different because of the content of today's show. Today's show is all about sound, sound effects, sound design. um, And I wanted to make sure 
that I was providing you with something useful, something that will actually change the quality of your work and something that is affordable. And a lot of the sponsors that we have on the show, as you know, I curate them all specifically because I understand the quality that they're providing. I understand how it can change the scale and scope of what it is that you do. But a lot of these products, let's be honest, a lot of these products are big time purchases. You know, like if you're gonna buy yourself a new Puget system, that hopefully is a big purchase that's gonna last you for years. And it's something that many of us have to save up to get. Although I'll get into it, Puget has a lot of different pricing options, which is pretty cool. But I wanted to hit up a sponsor that I felt like would change the quality of your work and won't cost you a ton of money. And I mean, change the quality of your work today. Okay, and I know I have your attention at this point. If you're a filmmaker, if you're a podcaster, if you're someone that is creating content, and like so many of us, I know that this is the bane of my existence, what does it sound like? And you heard me talk about on last week's episode about how much time people don't spend thinking about music, sound effects, sound mixing, all that stuff. It's always afterthought. It's always like a second thought. And how many of you out there are like doing your own thing and you're like, well, I'll just, I'll just YouTube it and I'll figure it out and I'll grab some like stuff from somewhere. I don't know. And then how many of you are not accepting the fact that copyright is a big deal? If you wanna monetize anything you do on YouTube, if you wanna monetize anything you do uh, for your content, you have to be aware of copyright issues. You have to be aware of what music it is that you're putting onto it. And we all know this, a great track will transform an entire piece. I was just sitting around watching uh, the Queer Eye show last night with Gina. That show, back to back, is music cues. There isn't a fucking moment of silence in that show. It is always music cues. And I feel like the reason why that show is so uplifting and peppy and poppy is because of the music. And they find some pretty good music for a reality TV show. But how many of you have attempted to look for music? How many of you have gone down that hole of stock music, that misery hole? We go and you go, all right, where am I gonna find stock music? And there's a couple of websites out there that are okay, but then you have no, com you have no connection to the artist. You have no connection to uh, the craftsmanship behind that music. Oftentimes when I hear old stock music, it just feels like a B-side track. It feels chintzy and cheap, and the production's pretty low value, right? It just doesn't feel like they give a shit. And you get what you pay for, correct? And I know the deal. There are a lot of you out there that don't have relationships with great musicians. Uh, it takes years. It took me years to formulate uh, relationships with composers and musicians and people that I love to work with. But at the same token, those guys and girls are out there spending hours, like today's episode, we're talking about this, hours and hours in time into creating these songs and how much are we paying them and how much can we afford to pay them? And not every production requires you to go to a composer or a musician. Sometimes it's something small. Sometimes it isn't gonna have the reach, right? But you still want to set a tone. As an artist, as a creator, you wanna set that tone. So the music that you've been hearing in the background right now, how fucking cool is it? It fits totally into the synthwave sound of the show. 
it sounds I almost identical as, as quality level as all of the other artists that we have on this show. And I'll tell you this, I know who the artist is, Tonks, T-O-N-K-S. Now let me read you some history on Tonks. From old school hip hop to synthwave and future bass, uh, Toronto-based mega producer Tonks has a sound that hooks a listener in from the first note. His sound selection is second to none. So drop one of his beats into your project, you won't be sorry. So what I'm doing right now is I'm reading the bio from Tonks on Jambox, our new sponsor of the show, Jambox.io. I love these guys. For the simple fact, as you listen to them, it's high quality. It's completely high quality. And the coolest part about this track through Jambox is I also get the stems. And many of you are asking, what are stems? Let me show you right now. As you can hear, with the stems, I can actually just solo out specific instruments. I can solo out the percussion beats. I can solo out the lyrics. Pretty cool, right? How is this useful for me as an editor? Well, I can stretch this track out. I can loop specific sections of this track. I can edit this track to fit into my picture cut if I needed to. How fucking awesome is that? Can you imagine if you're getting tracks from an artist that you admire and you're able to get those stems so you can further stitch and interweave the emotions that that artist is creating into your visuals and into your stuff? It's exciting, is it not? And I'll tell you this right now, the difference between edits that are good and edits that suck are editors that know how to mess with sound, know how to cut to sound, know how to bring the percussion in when it needs to come in, know how to cut it away. Now the thing that's great about Jambox, and the thing that kind of blew my mind apart, was that these guys, the guy that runs this company, they have been supplying music to Hollywood trailers and Hollywood films for years. I mean, these guys send music to Michael Bay's trailers. Okay, so that is how high quality this stuff is. We're talking about uh, artists and music that will impress some of the biggest filmmakers in our industry today, uh, some of the biggest studios that are in our industry today, and that are used, tracks that are used to create that emotion in you for you to go, I cannot wait to go see this fucking epic. I cannot wait to see Marvel cram how many more celebrities onto the screen at the same time. I don't know why I feel so fucking excited about this. I don't know, maybe it's that bass swell or that music swell, right? That's in the background. Well, here's the deal. You can work with these guys the same way I'm working with these guys, the same way that the big directors are working with these guys and it's affordable. It is completely affordable, i.e. you could purchase it right now and it won't break your bank, i.e. you can get one of their subscriptions and change the sound of your podcast, change the sound of your YouTube content, change the quality of your film. It isn't often that I provide something on this show that will change your work today, and this will change it today. Um, okay, so you're like, okay, how much is it gonna cost me? Here's the deal. Let's go through Jambox's subscription plans. Um, I actually have an unlimited commercial, which is great. Unlimited commercial plan is for client work. So anybody that's creating digital ads, wedding stuff, corporate stuff, nonprofit, 
uh, for $19.99 per month. So they bill that annually. So it's like 200 change. It's cheaper than your Adobe account. Um, you get everything from the creator plan, which we'll talk about, full access to all sound effects and stems. Did I mention that these guys also have a sound effects library? So as you listen to the show and you're someone that's like inspired by what you're hearing on the show and you really want to try it out, uh, you should sign up for a plan like this because you can get your hands on a bunch of really great sound effects and start to design your own world, right? 19 bucks a month. This also covers paid advertising, corporate and business, wedding slash live events. Uh, it's an annual commitment. Now, the smaller one, the unlimited creator account, this is for someone that is just creating their own content. Content that isn't necessarily being made for clients, for paid work. So for $9.99 a month, and that's only $119.88 annually. $119 bucks, guys, come on. Uh, you can get a subscription that'll cover your personal projects, vlog, YouTube students, podcast, all that content, podcasts, fucking 10 bucks a month to get this kind of music for podcast, okay? What is covered? Full access to all music, unlimited downloads, YouTube, social creators, personal student projects, web streaming, um, and it's an annual commitment. So that's only $9.99 a month. Now, speaking of students, I know a lot of you students are out there, you're listening to the show, big groups of you guys, they even have a better deal for students, $6 a month. For $6 a month as a student, that's $72 a year. You get full access to music and sound effects, unlimited downloads, student projects and film festivals, web streaming, social channels. Can you, can you dig it? <laughs> as they say <laughs> from the Warriors, can you dig it? Fuck, man. I'm telling you, I'm excited about this. Why am I excited about this? Because I've already used this for a project that we're doing and it has blown the doors off how I do this stuff. Now, is it better than working with a composer? No, but is it close? You bet your ass, and especially when you're dealing with clients that don't wanna pay for that stuff. They don't wanna, they don't understand the quality of, a, the, the level of quality with the composer. I think here's what's gonna happen. I've been working with these guys, I like them. I'm gonna continue working with them. I'm gonna introduce you. I'm gonna meet a lot of the artists on the show. I'm gonna to wanna to work with the artists specifically and probably uh, want to hire the artists specifically to do work. So let's be real about it, right? This is such a great thing. And what I love about Jambox is that they are dedicated to supporting the artist and nourishing the artist to create high quality, high quality artwork. I'm telling you right now, if you wanna change the way your projects are heard, if you wanna change the quality of your work, sign up, subscribe today. There is a link in the bio of this episode, in the description of this episode for jambox.io. If you don't believe me, head on over there and just browse their music. It's going to blow your ears off. Uh, all right, so like I said, Great partnership, great transition is into the boys from Puget Systems. And why is this relevant on the show? Well, we're all talking about building edit systems and sound systems. And if you're trying to save loot, if you want to spend your money the right way in the right place, uh, build yourself a PC. All right. I know the rumors out there are that 
Uh, if I buy one of those larger systems, I never have a problem. I don't have crashes. PCs don't crash. That's a myth. That is a total myth. And the reason why many of those other systems, quote unquote, don't have problems, even though I get the pinwheel of death all the time on my laptop still. But the reason why those other systems don't have problems is because they won't let you go under the hood. They won't let you change the hardware. They won't let you customize stuff. They won't let you put things in that they don't have a partnership with. What I love about Puget Systems is that they're a third person company. They don't actually create hardware. They don't create the stuff that they're selling to you. These guys know how to pick the best in hardware that exists out there that works specifically for the software that you're using. That's what I love about this company. Head on over to Puget Systems now, choose a workstation, build your dream workstation based upon the software that you are going to use. Are you using After Effects? Are you using Photoshop? Are you a Premiere person? Are you an audition like I am right now? Resolve anything like virtual reality stuff. Puget Build Systems, Benchmark Test Gear, they build the best products in the marketplace and they are more affordable than the larger companies, a lot more affordable. They offer payment plans for folks. Um, and if you're just building your own PC, head on over to Puget Systems now because they have such a great um, community uh, set up to teach you about the new hardware, to teach you about how stuff is working. Let me just go here to their thing right now. For instance, if you head on over to PugetSystems.com, PugetSystems.com, Michael, right now and click on their articles. Here's some of the articles that they're writing right now. Uh, let's see, CPU performance roundup. This is on December 6th. Uh, Intel's 12th generation core desktop processors launched towards the end of 2021, as did Windows 11, making this a great time to do a roundup. Uh, looking at the CPU performance, uh, across a wide range of processor lines. So these guys test out all the different processors and they post their findings on their website. I can hear, I can hear you computer building nerds right now going, oh shit, yes, oh shit. Uh, let's see, here's some interesting stuff. What H.264 and H.265 hardware decoding is supported in DaVinci Resolve Studio? These guys are testing everything. So whenever I run into a problem and I have my Puget systems, I've had them for over seven years. I have mine open right now in front of me. And anytime that there's new, some new software update or some new issue, and I'm like, what the fuck's going on with the codec? And why are the clips grayed out? I'll ask the dudes from Puget. Because generally they know first. You know what I'm saying? So head on over to PugetSystems.com. I know it is an investment to build yourself a new computer. But in my opinion, if you're gonna spend three grand, two grand, if you're gonna go big and build yourself a big system, don't you wanna spend fucking eight grand on a system that's gonna last you eight years? That's a thousand dollars a year. Or if you're gonna spend three grand on a system that lasts you eight years, do the fucking math. And if you're charging for your edits with your clients, at what point do you pay the system off, which is great, and then do you still charge to use your system so then you're making money on that equipment, right? If you're a fucking landscaper and you buy a fucking lawnmower, right? That's an initial investment. But every time you show up on that, on that job, 
and you're charging for your equipment, that lawnmower is then making you money. Does it make sense? Makes sense to me. So there they are, today's two sponsors. I'm excited about them. Thank you for uh, hanging out through the sponsor read. If you guys have any questions about either of them, drop me a note on Instagram or be even more proactive. Write to them on Instagram, click the links with my bio, say I heard you on Mike's show, we love it. He says fuck a lot, we like that too. Uh, and we want to learn more about what it is that you guys do. They're here for the long run. You're gonna hear them all year. I'm super excited. I'm gonna have the dude from Jambox on the show. I'm gonna to try to get some artists on the show, musicians on the show, more music, better sounds. Let's make our work better, all right? All right, that's it. Let's get back into it. It took me years to uh, figure out how to give proper direction for stuff like that. And uh, these days, if I'm going to give direction to a uh, sound designer or, or anybody that uh, is doing post-production, it usually is just, here's what the characters are going through. So what's happening in this sequence and what's happening in this film and here are the themes and here's emotionally how the character is feeling. And there's a bunch of ways that you can make them feel that way. And I'll leave it to you to try to figure out a couple of different paths on that. But at the end of the day, in this scene, our character is feeling this subtext. This is what he's feeling. And even though he doesn't say it, he's feeling this. Because a lot of times you're relying on music to do that, to actually convey what the character isn't saying. And that's really great scenes and good movies are that. Our character is saying one thing, but they feel something completely different. And it always, for me, it always falls back onto music for it to be, you know, leading the audience on what the character's actually thinking in the sequence. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does, obviously. Yeah, yeah it makes sense. I totally agree with you, yeah. It's it's really important, like, um, to, to, to get all the things... Uh, I'm working actually on a sci-fi uh, long uh, animation film where I'm doing the music and the sound design. Cool. And uh, the guys, they came to me because uh, well, they, they like what I do. So they, they like, you, you are free to create your own things. You create the sounds for the, to, you build the, the universe of this film. So it's a, a, a great freedom for me and I'm having a lot of fun. Uh, already composed the main theme and things like this. Uh, but I'm saying that because there's one thing that I don't agree with and I think that's going to be a problem. It's the the vo the actors' voices. Hmm. What, um, what do you mean? What do you mean? Well, it's an animation film, so they, they hired uh, actors to do the all the voices. Okay. And, and, uh, and so you don't like the actual the sound of the uh, the actors that they've hired, like their voices. It's, 
we were talking about emotions and you can bring emotions with the sound design, with the music. Yeah. But the way the actor is going to deliver his lines. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's uh, also very important. And I, even me working in the music, I didn't, it's not something that was obvious to me till now because the first time they, they show me the film, it was without any music, without any sound, but they already had a lot of lines uh, like in the thing w mm -hmm. without even mixing or things like this. But it, it, it really like, it hit, it hit me with the, the fact that it was, uh, I'm, I'm, I hate myself saying that, but so bad. <laughs> yeah, right. Right, like, right, right. Because the performance isn't there. The performance isn't right. And that's what you're, and at the, no matter how hard you try to polish that, you're still going back to the fact that like, man, the performance is killing all this other work that we're putting into it, is what you're saying. Yes, because yes, you were you are talking about the, the characters and all the emotion and things like this. So yes, sound design, very important. Music, very important. The actors are obviously very important. And in the, in the case of uh, animation film, like the one I'm working oh, on, yeah. it's, it's the, the voice, the, the actor's gonna do the, the voice. It's like in so many action scenes when there is people shooting at others and they, the, 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 the sheep, they falling down and there's like no reaction, no emotion in the voice. And it's like, you can't, sell, you can't sell that to me. If you can't sell that to me, you won't sell it to anybody. Yeah. You won't sell it to any viewer, viewers. I can't work my ass off on the sound design and the music. It, it won't work. Yeah. Yeah, well, dude, I mean, that's... That's with anything in our business. Like when I spent years being a cinematographer and shooting things, I remember showing up to set and, and the filmmakers would spend all their money on the wrong things. They'd spend their money on like equipment and gear. And then you'd show up and the sets look like shit. And like the, yeah. the wardrobe was terrible. And so you're looking at it going, look, I have all of the, the equipment that you could ever need, but I, what am I shooting? What am I filming? How am I doing how am I going to make this better? Because there's nothing there. And it's, I, it always comes down to the content. It always comes down to the emotional content and context yeah. of what it is that's being said. And then so often, and it makes sense that you are dealing with something like that, because I feel like a lot of folks that are younger filmmakers uh, get sort of obsessed with the wrong thing. And then they go to someone like you because they see your stuff online and they go, this guy can do magic. He can make, you know, venom yeah. sounds out of fucking noodles and shit, you know? And so you, you'll make this, like, I know that this isn't right yet, but you'll make this better. And they put so much weight on that. And I think that's the wrong way to do it because uh, you're just layering, <laughs> you're just layering on top of uh, a fractured yeah. uh, performance, you know? Yeah, well, we are, with the with the filmmaking is the same. When you, you can't do magic at the end in post production, when you when that when the take is that bad, you know. Yeah. Uh, but um, um, it, it, I, when you said that they they don't know how to to allocate budget and things like this, I have so many so many examples. <laughs> and and surprisingly, it's not just young filmmakers. You know, I've been approached by big brands, and it's always the same story. Music and sound design always comes at the end of the chain. Yes, and they they hire they hire twenty people for the shooting, 
for the the all the production things and and they comes to you they like oh that needs to be out in a week we need a music producer a sound designer a mixer uh, <laughs> so so basically I'm all those guys and then they're like oh and we have this budget I was like that doesn't even pay the mixer on his own. I know, I know, I know. It's you know, like you got you pay twenty people doing nothing, yeah. literally nothing. Like you got you got the one that is gonna put food on the table is is getting paid. Yeah, and, yeah, I mean, and they don't realize that because they when when they work on the project f in, in the first place, they didn't put the importance of the music and the sound design, and they don't realize that a guy like me is not. I'm not doing one job. I'm doing if I'm the sound recorder as well, I'm the, so I'm the sound recorder. Mm -hmm. I'm the, the 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 sound editor, the music composer. Even in the music composer, if you if you can you can even be more precise because you got the the composer and you got the interpret. Uh, what's the word in English? I don't know if interpret is. Uh, oh, I'm not sure. One. The composer, the one that gonna, you got the composer, but you got the one that's gonna play the music and the one that's gonna oh, record the music, the like, one that's gonna mix the music. Yes. that's already few jobs in just the music composer hat. Yeah, yeah. And then you got the mixer that's gonna mix the voices and the music and the sound design, plus the sound designer and the foley artist as well. It's a, it's a big, it's a team. I have to be a team on, on my own. And for the budget of a, of a alpha guy. <laughs> <laughs> well, but it's it's such a fascinating thing to examine because when you look at it, I've done enough productions at this point. I've produced enough productions at this point, especially when you're dealing with like commercials and brands and all that kind of stuff. They, they It always is the back end. It always is, hey, just get some stock music or just get uh, yeah. a track from here because... They're so, a lot of these folks are just concerned with the wrong thing. And and I think a lot of producers come up, you know, reading, when I was younger, they'd read trade magazines, but now it's everything online. So it's like, all right, so I have to get this camera. I have to get this stuff to make it look like it belongs like this. And then I'm potentially dealing with some sort of union cruise if I am or not. And so there's rules and regulations around the cruise that I can physically see. I can see how many yeah. people it takes to do this stuff. And so when it comes to sound, you just see them budget. It, it gets budgeted so heavily on the production side that the post-production side, even with editing, the post-production side just gets a, a smaller chunk. And I think a big portion of that is because the producer most of the time isn't even there. They don't see these people. They don't understand the uh, amount of people that it takes to do something like this. Um, and this is a fight that I constantly have when I'm dealing with certain clients. Like I... I'm battling now because I want to bring my composer in before I shoot the movie. I want my composer to compose uh, some cues just based on the script so that when I'm filming the piece, I hear that music. And then when yeah. I'm cutting that piece, I'm not using temp tracks because I hate, hate using temp tracks. I think it's the yeah. worst. And to convince a producer of that... There's a lot of times where I'll work with new producers and they're like, whoa, 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 pump the brakes, man. We're not even in post-production. I'm like, you you don't get it. If I if we're bringing these people in earlier on and they're collaborating with us earlier on, it's going to speed up the post-production 
because then I'll be designing things to their sound. Their sound will be in my mind. Uh, the Joker is a prime example of that. And that dance sequence in The Joker and having that music and, and being able to design something around that. It, it works yeah. so much better than the, the typical process that we're so used to, which you're used to on your end. And even on my end, as a producer, I'm used to where the client goes, well, you know, whatever music. And it's like, no, 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 <laughs> not whatever music. <laughs> the music yeah. is going to make this thing. So this should be a priority, you know? Yeah, it's funny you say that because, you know, the, the only films or short films or any kind of video that I worked on where I did the music before the actual uh, film. Yep. It's only my films. Yeah, <laughs> it's only the films that I did myself, you know. That's because you know. I it, never, yeah. yeah, but I never get like I never being approached by someone like you, like who understand. They always think that I'll, I'll do the music, and I, I get I'm I get used to it. Like I get trained to do it. Like I'm not saying it's bad or it's impossible or something because sometimes you got great result, but. Sometimes I even have an edit without any music, which means without any rhythm mm -hmm. or like, mm -hmm. a, like a decent rhythm. Like how do you compose a track? You, you try to keep a rhythm on an edit that it's already, already down. And, and like, that's, always, uh, that's always been my problem too. That's like the chicken and egg kind of scenario where it's like I'm, if I'm going to cut something, I mean, I come from music videos and years of cutting performance pieces and, and understanding yeah. rhythm and, the, and the, the, the symbiotic nature of the cut and rhythm and what that yeah. does in breaking rhythm and designing rhythm. And so like, if I don't have a track that's close to what it's finally gonna be, then what the fuck am I doing? And then if I'm sending you uh, footage that I'm just cutting together without any sort of rhythm in mind, then yeah. you're having, and so then you hit this roadblock where it's like, are you going to be able to recut this? And can I recut this? And I thought we're in picture lock and now we're not in picture lock. And it just yeah, becomes so true. dramatic. You know what I mean? Yeah. Some, I, I, sometimes I, I, I get amazing results. Like I, I'm proud of a few of my, a few music I've done that way, like composing on the edit, because I love this challenge. And don't get me wrong, I love doing this challenge, having a, sure. a blank edit and composing on top of it. But I, I, I wish I, I had the chance to, to, to get like one or two tracks for the the way I see it, for the the editor to to edit on top of my music. Yeah, like obviously the rhythm will be better. I'm not saying. It's very important to edit on the rhythm. I'm not saying you have to cut on the tempo all the time. Does that get you? You get you get bored of it. Yeah. But you still have the rhythm of the music. If it's not on the tempo, it's still in the dynamic of the the track. Um, yeah, totally. I remember one time I worked with a very big uh, English uh, production company for uh, for a TV ad mm -hmm. on a very big. A UK channel, and uh, I did uh, the music and the sound design, and I had to do the music on top of the edit, and I managed to do something like pretty good. Only at the end, like one scene or like the two last scene, it, it, it was it wasn't working. They, I said you should cut like half a second to make it 
like stop on the tempo, like stop on the on the beat, and it will it will be very good. They're like, no, no, you change the music. <laughs> yeah, see, I, dude, you change the music, dude. I've been in that same. Okay, so I was in that same position with one of my films, and I was working with my composer. And I sent him over one of the pieces that I was doing and I had to use some temp track stuff, which drove me crazy. And so I sent it over to him and he spent hours without me knowing, hours and hours and painstaking hours uh, trying to make this one section work. And when you're off tempo, or if you're out of rhythm, it always comes down to like the end of a clip somewhere. And so yeah. then you're listening to his cue and you're like, this is really great, but the end sounds weird. Why does the end sound off? And he's like, well, I just, I've been trying to cram it into your edit. I've been trying to make it work for the edit. And I'm like, no, I'll just fucking change it. Let's change the edit yeah. because it's ruining the cue here. It's, yeah. it, it, I, I see that's my point. I think that a lot of folks don't know this stuff because it's invisible. And a lot of folks don't have the, maybe not, not the interest, but I think they just don't go hang out with sound folks and yeah, hang out in the room with them. True. And I think that's why what you're doing on Instagram is not only important for filmmakers, but I also think it's inspiring for filmmakers because when you w watch your clips and you watch the process that you go through to do this stuff, it becomes something fun. And you, as a director, oftentimes I'm like, if I got time, I want to go hang out with you while you're going to record this stuff just yeah. to see it, to feel it. And there's a big piece of me that when I do a big film, I, I almost want to hang out with a sound designer before and just say, hey, I know we're going to make a movie about, I don't know, you know, like doors opening and closing. So let's just go record a bunch of door opening and closing sounds because the process of that is going to inspire the way it's shot and it's going to inspire the way it's edited. And so yeah. I think cramming sound at the end of, uh, at the end of productions a, it makes it more stressful on guys like you. B, it makes it more stressful on producers that are like, I don't understand why this costs this much money. <laughs> and then yeah. C, it's more stressful on the on the story and the in the director. And I think that if it's more of a symbiotic relationship earlier on in the process, and definitely having conversations with your sound effects guys and with your composer before you start filming, it changes everything, you know? Yeah, it's, it's it's so true, um, but it's, yeah, it's an educate to educate people and uh, filmmakers, people that work in the industry, but in the independent way, not in the the, the big movies. Um, sure, it's hard. There's a lot of there's a lot of information, and to, it's hard to it's hard to teach them this part of it, and um, and also like I will be. Like I don't get to hang out with a lot of people from the industry, actually, you know, from from because of where I live. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I didn't have internet. I'll be uh, no one. Like I wouldn't work with the Americans people. Uh, I I did like few short films like recently from with guys from uh, America from. Um, uh, uh, South uh, Saudi mm -hmm. uh, Arabia. I don't know how you say Saudi Arabia. Saudi Arabia. Yeah, Saudi Arabians. So I did like with uh, UK with French as well. But I most ninety nine percent of the time I never met those guys. It 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 it's, it is a bit sad 
But I'm thankful. Be, I'm very thankful that I get to work with those guys thanks to the internet. But <laughs> because of where I live, like I don't like I don't know the, those people, and I don't get to hang out with guys like this, like guys like me. I don't know all the guys that do what I do here. Like I don't get to spend Time night them, yeah. talking about music and sound with a friend. Without having to do any music or something, I'm just talking about it. Um, I don't get to do that here with uh, real people face to face. Yeah, I I do it on Discord with uh, people that I never met. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, I'm not saying in the bad. It's a bad things, but yeah, I'm saying it's. Uh, I wish I, I'll get to to go more often on a shoot, to be uh, to record the sound, to see with my own eyes the, the set, to, to meet the actors, to, to, to be more involved. Because that's all, also a reason that I'm, 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 an, I'm at the end of the post-production, that nobody met me before, that they know someone's going to work on the music and someone's going to work on the sound design and someone's going to work on a final mix. Most of the time, they don't know that's going to be the same person. Yeah. And uh, they're just going to hear the result. And uh, it's, you know, I recently won the best soundtrack from uh, the, a, a massive uh, film, France, uh, film festival in France. Oh, cool. Even, even the, the co director didn't know my name. And he was like, <laughs> oh, we won the best soundtrack, but who did it? Oh, my God. <laughs> It's uh, like we didn't we didn't won we didn't uh, win the best short film we we won the best soundtrack but we, who did it did we oh, buy man. something did we download something oh, and it, it's actually the the cameraman that that I already worked with he was like no I asked the this guy to he made the the, the sound for for your film it's like oh yeah true <laughs> <laughs> yeah man it's tough I mean like, it really I think this was one of the reasons because I worked for years on the East Coast and I had a very small community of people around me, which I love and all my crew from back at home made my movies what they are. But then there hit a point where I hit a glass ceiling when you're trying to when you're trying to get to that next step. Uh, I had to move out to Los Angeles. I had to move out here so that I was mixing with the people that knew better than I did. And I heard this really interesting quote about um, a lot of the musicians from the 70s, like the Beatles and the Rolling Stones, all these guys used to hang out together. So they'd be in yeah. the same place and they would be inspired by each other. And, and even though they were oftentimes competing pretty hard and they would be very competitive between each other. And I know that the Beatles were uh, heavily influenced by the Beach Boys at one point, the other way around. And when you hear these stories, it's so fucking fascinating that they all hung out and sometimes they'd be like, can you just come over and play some, some stuff on a guitar for me, Eric Clapton, or can you come over and do this? And you just realize that as a community, they became a community, but as a community, yeah. they were, were changing the way things sounded and changing, changing the way stuff works. And whenever you hear stories about that in the film business, it's, it's oftentimes in, uh, clustered hubs like Los Angeles or if you've got yeah. someone like Peter Jackson making his own hub in New Zealand it's in those places that they're they're changing the way things are done and they're really making things amazing and so I understand your plight um, because 
you know, at one point I was the big guy in a small city and I was trying really hard to get to the next level. And, and I was just like, I got to fucking, I got to, I got to go and be the little guy in the big place, um, to see if yeah. I can make that work, you know? Yeah, that's true. Um, because as, um, yeah, with my Instagram now, I receive, I receive a lot of message and a very, always very nice message of people saying like, oh, thank you for what you do, thank you for inspiring us. I do have a lot of uh, message, like that type of message. So yep. it, it is a big reward for me. Uh, but to get to where I am now, I took a lot of work and a lot of hours of work. Like uh, to get inspired from others, it took me, it took me years. Uh, so there were no shortcuts. There are no, when you put creative people in the same room, the creativity is, uh, it's just multiplying. And I didn't get to experience this thing often, like uh, only a few times, I guess. Mm -hmm. um, and, uh, but, but it, it, it's, you know, for you to have the balls to say, okay, I'm going to move and I'm going to go to, to the big place where things happen things happens like Los Angeles uh it's 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 very hard for me to do such a move because I grew up as I said I grew up in the mountains I grew up on skis and snowboard uh you know we <laughs> after school we, we were going skiing after school where at night at 10 p.m when we were kids we were putting lights in the, in our in our field and we, we were we were building snow park and jumps and uh, we, we, we were not going to bars and things like this we were just skiing and snowboarding and i i compete a lot in snowboard i went for antenna on the international competition oh, wow. it was all my life i can't stand living in a city like <laughs> I, I i can't i'm I, I don't know if uh, i went to paris a few times it's too big for me well, I can't stand people there. I can't. Uh, it's 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 a no no. Yeah, like, I mean, if I have to choose, I will. Not, I won't be able to move off. Even if music is all my life now and sound design is all my life, I'm. I've, I feel like I'm not strong enough to to go live in a big city. Like I'm too. Uh, <laughs> I can't believe I'm going to say that, but I'm too fragile. Like I'm a very. Uh, <laughs> Emot em emotional person. No, it makes sense. I mean, like, I don't think that you need to. I think it just, it becomes a little bit more difficult. And I think that the power of the internet, which you were talking about before, is, is that you can still be interacting with, I mean, dude, you're talking with me on the show. I mean, this wouldn't have existed without the Instagram account and without um, you putting yourself out there and educating folks and making sure that uh, you're interacting with people. So I think that it can still be done over the internet. I think it's just about trying to find that right community, find that right folks, right group of folks yeah. that are inspiring and that do challenge you. Because I find that as I progressed in my career, I would hit certain levels. So I would, I'd hit a level where I had done enough big music videos and then suddenly everybody was either under like everybody that I was communicating with wanted to be where I was. And I really wasn't communicating with someone that was above me. And suddenly, so I had to change the way I was interacting with folks and go, yes, of course you guys 
are still important to me, but I also want to talk to the people that know more than I do. And I want to talk to the people that know more than they do. Just so that way I felt like I was growing in my, my not a Rolodex anymore, but my, my group was more well-rounded. And there were there yeah. were folks in that group that I looked up to and that I that I was afraid to show my work to, you know, and I'm just like, Oof, what do you think of this? <laughs> you know? Yeah. And, and it really starts to push and shape and inspire because we I, I don't know if you feel the same way, but I'll hit points where I hit a like a, just a creative wall. I'll just hit a wall creatively and just yeah. go, I, I've done this 100 fucking times. I don't want to do this anymore. I don't know what to do. And it isn't until I talk to someone rando. I mean, that's why I love doing the show is that I get to talk to random people that come at it from a different way and they have a different perspective. And I'm like, oh, that's fucking cool. Yeah. That's interesting. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah I understand. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I understand. And I, I understand what, the, the way you felt and the need of talking to people that know more, more than you actually do. But... Uh, it's exactly what what I never experienced. Um, mm -hmm. I'm uh, <clears throat> well, you know, in any as a creative guy, like any other creative guys, I uh, suffer with uh, um, imposter syndrome. <laughs> okay. Yep. Yep. Um, but at some point, I had to. I had to decide that what I was doing was good enough for myself and stop asking if it was good enough for others because mm -hmm. I didn't get to meet those guys that probably knew more than I did. Or everything I know, everything I know, everything I, in music composition, sound design, I learned it by myself on the internet. Mm -hmm. YouTube videos, tutorials, I never been to music school. Um, I never learned music theory. I work with my ears. I don't even know if what I do is correct or not. Mm -hmm. That's great, though. Uh, yeah, but it's scary. It is, uh, it is very scary because then you got people that actually come from music school and know more than you do about music and, and things like this. And uh, I'm always scared of those guys because... Uh, I'm on the way. I'm on. I'm on the path now where I can't. Uh, I can't learn. I mean, you always can learn, but the the path I took, I don't want uh, to go back and learn music theory. Probably will at some point, but um, yeah. When I talk to those people, we we talk a different language. Yeah. Uh, I I don't know how to explain. I probably can sound uh, wrong to the people who might listen to the podcast but it's pretty hard for me to explain uh the way i create music and sound design uh, because i learn it my way and nobody nobody else way uh i share it on instagram and things like this uh, but the few times i try to talk with people from the like kind of do the same thing we never really align of they, they're very technical. They're mm -hmm. very about, yeah, but what about the, the decibel volume and what about the LUFS <laughs> and what about the, 
the the peaks and the are the I was like you talking Chinese to me. I just want to make music and so design the way that I have I'm having fun. <laughs> so. Well, dude, you and I come up from the same place, right? Because I also grew up in an area and, and I came up in a space where I couldn't just go get a job somewhere and learn how to do it. And so uh, I taught myself how to edit. And if you and I'm a great editor. I'll say this right now. I'm a really great editor and I get asked to, to cut for other people and I I pr primarily just cut my own stuff. But if you, yeah. if I sat down with an actual editor, and I have in the past, if I sit down with an editor and they watch how I do it, they want to pull their hair out because <laughs> they look at it yeah, and they yeah. go, what the fuck are you doing? And I go, oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. none of the technical stuff that you learned, I care about. I don't care about any of that. Yeah. What I want to do is I want to throw everything down, almost like a collage, and I want to find the emotion. Let's find the emotion, and then I work my way backwards. And I taught myself this out of necessity. I didn't know how to technically do all this stuff from the beginning. I didn't have an instructor that said, before you start your project, you should name it the specific thing and create a folder structure. I had to learn through experience how to make it my way. And the benefit yeah. of it is, is that when I show it to, to a studio exec, or if I show it to an audience and I'm in a space, they go, how the fuck did you do this? And you go, oh, I just did it my way. And they go, yeah, but it's so different. And I go, I wasn't trying to be different. I was actually trying to do what it is that you guys do. But because I went such a strange path to get there, automatically it's different. And so yeah. there's something to be celebrated about figuring that out and finding that thing out. And I think it's very brave of you to say that you were dealing with imposter syndrome because I was always dealing with imposter syndrome because we didn't come up in a system. This job isn't like being a firefighter, you know, where you go to the fire station and you're like, okay, follow me around, pick up that hose, get on the truck and someday, kid, you'll be able to do this. It's not that way for our business. And so yeah. we have to celebrate whatever process that we find to find true emotion, to find true storytelling ability, to find the passion that, that, that takes over us when we make these things. And that should be fucking celebrated. You know what I mean? Yeah, 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 absolutely true. Like uh, nobody will know about the technical side of the, the how things get done and how you did it and things like this because I, 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 I don't care the result is what what you yeah the I I'm the, yeah I, I'm like you I'm proud of the the fact that I actually worked hard to learn everything myself the mm -hmm. way I wanted I wanted it to be uh it, it, it took a lot of sacrifices as well you know it, it took a lot of time spent in my studio on my own while my friends were were, like, were doing something else so things like this it, it takes time and hard work so when people ask me how you how i did it i was like well i'm like everybody else if you want it you just have to work hard that's it um <laughs> so it, it it is uh something i'm proud of but uh but yeah the imposter syndrome was there and he is there and always gonna be there uh it's something i i'm dealing with uh but you know every time you send something to a client 
it's like, is that, is it good enough? <laughs> is it good enough? Dude, every time I do anything, is it good enough? <laughs> well, the funny thing is this, because of the success of your Instagram account, you're now going to have younger uh, generations trying to be you, <laughs> trying to do it your way. That's the thing. Like the number of people like be like, you're such a model. I want to be with you. I want to be you. I have literally missed as people saying, I want to be you. This is a bit creepy. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> but I, I do receive now sometimes like creepy messages like this. Uh, it makes me laugh, but sometimes I'm like, well, too far, too far. <laughs> but, 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 but I do have like just the fact that people, they, you know, it's always nice to have people, they, they write, oh, great work or good job or like your stuff it's always nice but then in the middle of all those messages you got you always got someone that took the time to write a beautiful text you know yeah. say hi my name is um, I've been following your job your stuff for a while now and I really like what you do how you do it the emotion you bring that you know people actually I know it spent probably five to ten minutes just to write me this text he doesn't even know if I'm gonna read it because I receive so many messages a day and I'm like, this is, is it's it's the best uh, feeling what? you can get. Like having people that don't really know you, but spend time to yeah. write you and, you know, thank you. Yeah. Well, dude, I, that's, that's a good thing, man. Like it's, it just goes to show that what, because you, you're doing two different things, right? So you're, you're doing the music and the sound effects work and you're pursuing this passion and this career for yourself. And then you're also creating this awareness around the work that you do. And I think there are so many people that I know for a fact that are listening to this episode, that listen to the show, that are on their own, that are out there trying to figure this stuff out, that are... Uh, watching YouTube videos and trying to teach themselves how to use programs and try to teach themselves um, how to do this stuff. And they're consistently writing to us and going, what should we buy and what should we have and what should we do? And our mission, our mission at this podcast is always, let's get to the reality of what it's like to do what you and I do. Let's get to the reality of it. This is gonna, this is gonna be difficult. It's gonna be hard financially for you. And yes, you can buy all this equipment, but you don't need to buy all this equipment. And you can find these things, and it's about the emotional context. It's about finding your voice as a storyteller. And it's okay that if it takes you eight years before anybody gives a shit about you, it's okay that it takes that long. Um, and I, this, dude, this is why I wanted to have you on the show, is because I felt like you were doing the same thing with your Instagram account, and not to mention that. I just enjoyed watching you work. And there's a passion that you can see in your clips when you're, you know, when you start to do those sound effects right and you're starting to move your body, you know, and you're like, bam, 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 you know, and you're actually acting it out because it feels so good because you're making it. Yeah. You know, I see that in your work. And so I was like, yeah, this, this dude, you. this dude needs to be on the show. <laughs> thank you. I appreciate I appreciate that. Uh, it's, it's an honor and talking about it, it's great. And uh, and you're absolutely right about uh, I I have these people writing me all the time as well like teach us or show us or how do I do what you do um, and uh, I try to take the time to explain that there's no shortcuts mm -hmm. it doesn't exist mm -hmm. 
it's it 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 took me 15 years i'm not gonna you're not gonna learn what i learned in three messages um i spent hours days weeks watching videos every time i didn't know how to do something i learned how to do it but, but i never been i the the thing that i try to explain to people is like i never spent a second asking others how they do never there's already so many information out there if you spend the time you spent writing the questions to people if you spent this time searching it on the internet on youtube vimeo blog forum you probably will find the the answer uh so much quicker yeah um yeah people they they they're just waiting for others to give you know to 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 give them the answer that to show them things and things but there there's already so many people that that was, they spend times making videos tutorials showing people like you just have to do a little bit of research you have to it's so it's all about the process you want to learn something you start with the, the small thing Okay, so I, I start this software, right? I got the interface. I, I, haven't, I don't know anything about this interface. Okay, I'm going on YouTube. I'm writing the, the, the right words. Uh, I don't know, Pro Tools interface, beginner. Boom. You've got plenty of videos about it. When you get <laughs> around the interface, okay, how do I record? Boom, record, Pro Tools, beginners. It's all the process. If you spend time asking people, how do I record in Pro Tools? How do I use the interface? How do I do? How do I do? You, you're wasting so much time. Yep. The, all the answers, they're right there on the internet. You just spend time searching instead of asking. That's great advice. And I think this is a good, this is a good point to end the show, man. Um, I really appreciate you being on Ben and, uh, it's wonderful to talk to you. It's wonderful to hear your process and thanks so much for sharing as much as you did, dude. Well, thank you for having me. It was a real pleasure. Uh, I spent, uh, it was a great hour talking with you. <laughs> me too, man. From the other side of the, the planet. <laughs> Ben's a really cool guy, man. It's, it's always a fascinating thing to talk to folks um, on the other side of the planet. And especially the way that we do this show. Because I don't do any visual stuff. I hear his voice, he hears my voice. It's so interesting. And I've done it this way specifically because I want to hear his voice the way you guys are going to hear his voice. Um, and Ben just seems like a very creative an emotional guy. And it's so wonderful that he was able to share not only his triumphs, but also his insecurities with us. Because I think that's such an important part of our process, right? Because I know you all feel the same thing. Am I good enough? Am I doing this right? I'm really not doing it the way that this other guy did it. And he made a ton of stuff. And she seems to be so much further along than I am at this point in my career. And am I doing this the right way? And then there's that other thing that I haven't talked about in a while on this show, where in our business, a lot of folks get worried that if I share with you, if I show you how I do my thing and how I do my technique, then it won't be worth anything. It won't make me special. And I think if anything, Ben teaches us this lesson that 
He can show you what he's doing. He can show you what he uses. But all those ingredients don't make him up. You know, it's his path. It's the way he's taught himself. It's where he lives. It's what he does for fun. It's how he inspires himself. It's how he makes his studio comfortable for himself. And how he responds and interacts with his clients that make his work what his work is. So if you think that you're gonna watch his videos and study the way he does things and then be another Ben, it's not the way it's gonna be. You have to find your own way. Be inspired by someone like him, be inspired by somebody like me, be inspired by the people that we're inspired by and have us, if anything, just help you get out of bed today and go sit down in that computer and learn something new. So happy to have you guys here. So happy to have an episode like this. Um, and big thank you to the sponsors that help support this show. And we try to find sponsors that are relevant to you all. Producers and sound designers and, and uh, editors. Post-production world can be a very lonely place if you're an independent. And for some folks, if you're out there doing what Ben was doing and what I've done in my past where your computer is in your bedroom and you really never give yourself a break from work, try to think of it differently. Put your computer somewhere else. Set up your office in your garage. Go get a studio. Make it so that your world feels a little bit bigger and that you interact with more people because at the end of the day when we're telling stories, it's about interacting with folks. It's, learn, it's seeing how other people live their lives. It's being inspired by how they live their lives so that you can then translate that into a story of your own. All right, that's enough uh, chatting out of me. Thank you guys for listening. A lot more episodes on the way, I promise. <laughs> Thank you.